You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 124 of a Life in Ruins podcast, where we sometimes discuss the careers of those living a life in ruins. I think I'm Connor. You are. This is, okay, okay, okay. I think this is David here. Carlton is uh, currently still in the throes of academia and trying to figure out where his office is, how to access stuff. Yeah, that. I'm I'm in a house in Laramie, Wyoming. I am not in the bus right now currently. Connor, where are you? I am finally back in the greatest state in the union, Washington. Get the, that. Oh, come up. Was yeah. It, was it wet there? Wet, mild, mild temperatures. Here's has- the thing. Everyone out west is like, my ancestors trekked all the way out here and like they're so brave and we're so strong. We're individualistic. Fuck. We're out here. <laughs> Wait, this isn't my podcast. This is this is ruins. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Still though, everyone out here is like so headstrong and individualistic, and they think their way is the best. Because my grandpa went here on the Oregon Trail, and I, uh, but, but yeah, you know what you did? You also caused some manifest destiny along the way. Maybe some smallpox. Maybe some dysentery. People in New York have it better. We got pizza and bagels. What up? Yeah, and you didn't you didn't commit any manifest destiny or anything over there. We stayed in the tri-state area, ate some diet <laughs> coke, and that's it for two hundred years. <laughs> that's where they developed diet coke for sure. <laughs> the DC, the DC, classy. Have you watched um the the Rings of Power yet, Connor? No, no, I haven't, David. So uh, I don't know why you're asking me. I really, I really don't. I'm genuinely upset. I'm looking at right now at the Lord of the Rings, the Book of Lost Tales, the Children of Huron, the Baron and Luthien, and also the Fall of Gondolin. So those are books. Do they do they just like trash all that? Is that why you're looking at them? Are you f- so they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion, but they have the rights to everything else. Okay. And so I think you have the Book of Lost Tales as well. Yeah. Has it been accurate to lore so far? The only thing weird I have noticed is we don't see Galadriel's husband, and she was married in the first age. Uh, maybe he just hasn't shown up yet, but she's not the, the ship guy. That's Celebrimbor. Um, okay. He's the ship guy. He also has one of the rings. I think he has the water ring. Gandalf has the fire. Um, no, she has the water ring. Can't remember her. Kara, I can't remember his name, but yes, it, that's the husband. You can probably Google that up. Celebrimbor is the, the ferryman. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's is it Siridan? Siridan? Oh no, wait, wait. Kella Brimbor is her husband. Siridan is the the boatman, right? Okay, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Kella Brimbor sounds like no, because Kirdan sounds like Chiron, the guy for the Greek one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that checks out. Okay, so in the episode that we just recorded, I said that Galadriel is married to Kella Brimbor. That is not correct. Kella Brimbor is the Elven Smith. She's married to Celeborn. Celeborn is her husband. He's the Lord of the Lothlorien, one of the wisest of the old elves. However, Círdan is the boatman. Um, he did also have the Ring of Fire. He got that from Gilgalad, the king of the High Elves. Gilgalad died, gave it to Círdan. Círdan then gave it to Gandalf, and Gandalf has the Ring of Fire, and that's why he's really fun with uh, you know fireworks, and he can like light his staff on fire and stuff, that kind of stuff. So anyway, Círdan uh, is the boatman. 
Celeborn is Galadriel's husband. Celebrimbor is the elven smith who Sauron tricks into making the Rings of Power. I'll, I'll start you off here. So it began with the forging of the Great Wings. Wings? <laughs> great Wings. It began with the forging of the Great Wings. Three were given to the elves, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the dwarf wards. Great crafts and miners of the mountain halls. Listen, I'm trying to do this from memory. Uh, where's I dwarves? And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. Power. For within these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race. So, but they were all of them deceived, for another ring was made. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, Dark Sauron. Now I must the dark dark Lord forged the master ring. In secret, the master ring to control all others. And into this ring, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. I've watched that movie far too many times, but we should talk about. Let's talk about the archaeology of Lord of the Rings. There's none. Continue. <laughs> well, I guess there is. There's like there's statue, like the 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 Aragonath, like. Yeah, there's some there's some historical stuff there. Yeah. There's people squatting. Uh, mainly the the dark the dark armies are squatting in like the, you know, fallen cities of Arnor and Gondor. But aren't aren't the like the hobbits squatting too? Like technically. Well, here we can get into some phrenology. So there's in in the in the, <laughs> in the new uh, series we have Harfoots, which are a type of halfling. And then there's the stool stools. Har feet. Har harpeds. <laughs> the Harfoots, and then I think the stools or the stools. I can't remember. The stores are what Gollum is like. They're fishermen. They live like along the Anduin, and mm-hmm. then I forget what the other ones are that live up in the north in the kingdom of Arnor, and that's what the main hobbits of the Shire are mixed with Harfoots. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So not phrenology, more just biological anthropology. But I like how you preface it with phrenology, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's the good good on their toes. Um. (laughs) we should preface this and let everyone know that we are still recording this podcast we've had like a crazy couple months yeah david has been in the field carlton has been moving across country and i was in hawaii for a little bit and we actually all get got to see each other this weekend at alexander crabe's wedding which was awesome episode something he's on two of them don't listen to him yeah Um, they're annoying <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Crave. Eh. So we, eh. <laughs> you're you're in his house right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I may have eaten a bag of onions or two. I'll, I'll give the little the little lunchbox bags of them. You know, I, I bought some more. Oh shit! Is there a bottle of beer in there? A bottle in Crave's house? Well, there's probably several. Oh, like a big old bottle. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen one. I don't okay. really look for beer. But. We're going to have more content coming out here soon. Lots more research, more guests, more fun, more terrible jokes. We just need a little bit of a reset, so. Yeah, uh, sorry for all the reruns. It's just, it's it's a lot of work to do this. The main work being planning and like finding out when we're all going to be in the same spot together to do it. And then do we have Wi-Fi? Do we have a guest? It's a lot. So we're really sorry. But do shoot us some messages with like what episodes you guys would like to hear or shoot us an email but we we have some good ones planned are gonna have shane and jesse back on here soon and dr pelton 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, the so state my, archaeologist of Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my big question was because everyone just listened to Settlers of Saruti, uh, the last one we just released, or they didn't and ignored it. Whatever. My big question, my only thought that I've had in the last like two weeks is, how do we deal with new discoveries without being a bunch of dicks? Put them in a shoebox, bury them. <laughs> Is that what you do to like your GI Joes? I don't. I did that. I wrapped them in toilet paper, then buried them in a shoebox like a mummy. <laughs> Except I, my parents didn't get me GI Joes. I got Max Steels. It's so like, like brand one. <laughs> yeah. The the true value. <laughs> Great value. Great, Great value. value. That's like... true value is a hardware store, but yes, in spirit you had it right. Okay. <clears throat> yes. So I I do notice. I want to have Todd on the talk about this, but. That's time for another. That's discussion for another day. However, I, I talked with him and Bob this summer, sitting in the field when that new paper came out. My first instinct, as soon as I see a headline that's like archaeologists are wrong, or like push the date back, or farther than we ever thought, it's just clickbait, and that clickbait agitates me because when you actually read the paper, I should just talk to Stefan about this yesterday. It's yet like they're like Bob. Fairly, okay, so Bob pointed out some things. Todd pointed out some things. I'll go with the Todd one. I was like, this. there's no lithics in this paper. And Todd was like, let me look at that. And he like zooms in on, the, like, on my phone looking at it. He's like, okay, these are lithics, but they're not lithics. And then he was like explaining, if you look at all of the, the graphs and the charts they use, they have all these fancy like algorithms and charts and graphs and like visuals for you to look at it. All for you to say like, if you kneel down and squint and bend over, you can kind of see a platform on this flake. Whereas like, any Clovis paper, you don't need that because there's like actual tool industry everywhere and there's actual stratigraphy and there's actual everything. And I talked about this with Bob. I don't remember if it was me or him that said it, but we came to the same conclusion either way, just with different words. Homo erectus gets all the way to Australia using bifacial tool technology, right? We've been using tools for about 3 million years, good tools for about a million. Mm -hmm. Homo erectus gets all the way there. We get to China, we get to Siberia with them. We get all the way there. There's even like Paleolithic points and things and harpoons and stuff up in Siberia about the time of the Americas being populated. Now, do you mean to tell me that from a million years ago, Homo erectus using bifacial tool technology, people walking to the Americas in a, the height of the Pleistocene, freezing cold, where you need bone needles, you need stone tools, you need wood tools, you need everything to, to exist. You need a microclimate on your body. You need to have protein. You need to have vegetation. You have to get all these things. Did people just forget how to make stone tools until Clovis? I don't understand. And like the Saruti site, it's like, okay, they bash some elephants with a, like with a rock. That's it. Okay, you need a lot more than that to butcher a mammoth, unless you're just biting it yourself and walking away, which is a lot of calorie expenditure to just take a fucking... <laughs> Sorry, Chris. No, leave it in. I'm, I'm on a talk here. To just take a bite off of a mammoth. Like, it's, it's bullshit. None of these things, and like, Stefan and I were just talking yesterday, we should have him on too, but he was like, there's never a smoking gun. And this is me and Stefan talking, whereas a few months ago, he was very convinced of White Sands. He was like, yeah, people have been here. And now he's like, you know what? Again, I don't know, because none of these papers make sense. I'm off my soapbox. How do I not get mad at it? I don't know, Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think the Clovis stuff is different because, you know, that I think is something that we've beaten 
we've beaten to a dead pulp. So if we like talk about something different. So my friend was just talking to me yesterday and he said that there's this new paper that came out on a new DNA analysis of someone found in Indonesia and it, and it kind of... So I just went on that whole tirade about we don't need to talk about that. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. No, no that's, that's a great question. I'm, uh, okay. I'm just trying to approach it with a different example because we've beaten that one to dead horse. Like pre-Clovis, right. you know our thoughts. We were very clear on that. But my reaction yesterday, so I was at I was at a bar drinking as as one does, and my buddy's like, Hey, I, there's this new paper that came out that says like the there's a previously unfound species of human in Australia. Uh have you heard about it? And my first reaction is always to something like that, being like, It's it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. I mean that's but that's not a good scientific reaction to have every single time something comes out that is contrary to what we know c- currently. So how do we how do we have that conversation and how do we accept new data and how do we learn about new things without immediately just like having that first like, oh man, like here we go again sort of reaction. Yeah, I, hmm. I'm just not sure how that, how to approach that because I was like immediately was like, that's that's BS. Like what? Yeah, and we talked about this with Shane and Jesse. I think with White Sands, it's like, and I've even played devil's advocate, saying like, what if it is real? Like my first instinct is when I read those headlines, I get agitated. I don't get agitated at the possibility of something being different. I get agitated that the media puts these things on there that make us look like idiots. And it's like, we're wrong about prehistory. Does one little paper that has shitty flakes in it make every archaeologist who's worked their whole life wrong? No, absolutely not. And it's honestly like kind of a travesty, tragedy that like the media just does that. And like people just disregard science because of that, because of one clickbait headline. So the headline upsets me when I open up the paper and I read it, I'm actually pretty calm because I'm like, let me read this. And like with the new one we were reading the other day, in the New Mexico one, it was like, this is this is shit. <laughs> this is nothing in here. Like, where's where's the stone tools? You know, I don't know. And with the ADNA stuff, that shit changes so much. It's like I can't even keep up with it. There's a new dog one every day, and it's like, well, <laughs> like I trust Angela obviously because we're like in the same kind of network. We're like, I I know her, her work. She does the ox. She does like top tier genetic stuff. She says 20,000 years ago in Siberia, but other papers come out like every week that are like dogs and wolves have common ancestors of 100,000 years ago. We, we were wrong about dog domestication. A new one comes out every day like it's freaking popcorn. Which one do you buy? And what is the definition of dog and wolf in those papers? And that's a whole other thing we can get into. But I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm getting hot. I'm getting yeah, you're hot. Getting hot. I, I can feel it. Right but, but like, so it's the... It's the media's depiction of it that is really what sets us off, and then it really puts me in like that sour mood. Where yeah, and like then you I'm read not comments on Reddit, and you're like, "What the hell? like these people re- believe this?" Yeah, just just for everyone out there, uh, the archaeology subreddit on on Reddit is uh, it's leukemia. Yeah, it's actual it's actual cancer. Don't uh, there's although someone did recommend us in one of those posts. They're like, "What is a good archaeology podcast?" And they're like, "Oh, a life in ruins. Those guys really suck, and they never know what they're talking about." Yes, but it, it's not it's not that cancerous. 
there are good people on there, but it's like the general public will comment things. And I literally saw a paper that said the Clovis window was like 700 years max. And somebody commented like middle finger emoji saying, fuck you Clovis. And it's like, I had to comment and I was like, like I too belittle ancient civilizations that didn't, uh, that had nothing to do with me. You know, I can't remember what it was. And it like got super upvoted because like the guy was just out of line and it's like, people get so passionate like I am right now against Clovis that it's also a cult. And like those people, they just read stuff online and like, they're like told Clovis is stupid because archeologists think it's real. And like, I don't know. And it's like the the thing that they assume on like those things is that pre Clovis is, is accepted and basically there. That's like all I hear is like, well, we've known for 50 years that pre Clovis was a thing. And you're like, no, no, we're, we're, we're still not, we're still not fully convinced. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the whole right now too, like this, this is a tough one. And Carlton and you and I talked about this the other day. A lot of people will comment on my posts when I do pre clubist stuff saying like, well, yeah, indigenous Americans have been saying this for centuries, like, and you guys disregarded it. And it's like, okay, well, when you say indigenous Americans, do you mean every single nation on the continent or just the one that you're specifically cherry picking that says they were here? forever because like you're lumping them in as a monolith when you say that and like do i need to go through every single indigenous myth to find out which one aligns with white sands no it's like yes we should believe indigenous mythologies but also like there is some science that like kind of backs some stuff up and some that kind of doesn't and like not every mythology says they've been here forever and like there's even one i think carlton was in the pawnee like Maybe it was Pony. Can't remember. One of them says it began with ice, which is cool. Like you know, yeah. know. but it's, it, it's, it's those comments. Sorry that like get me like grind my gears because like people want to be like you know support indigenous like mythology and belief, and like they feel like they're getting points for that when they say that on the internet. But they also have no idea what the scientific repercussions of that are, and like that kind of I don't know puts me in a spot. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, we're, we're always trying to rectify and work with communities of knowledge and the archaeological record, but we try to do that in a way that's not just one way traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to, we want to take evidence from both sides and, and, and work with it together. So please don't comment that on David's stuff. We'll be right back. This is episode 124 of a Life in Ruins podcast. Well, comment whatever you want, but just don't. Tag Connor. Don't. Welcome back to A Life in Ruins podcast, episode 124. It's me. It's your boy, David. We chatting. We got some DC. We're living the life. We also want to put a little asterisk and say that when David was referring to something as myths and mythologies, he's really talking about belief systems and the way that people think about this world. We're not lumping it into lore or whatnot, but these are actual beliefs that people have and and whatnot. So there's a lot of things that are like used interchangeably for me throughout like doing history and anthropology work. And a lot of that is changing now. And it's hard to keep up with what words to use sometimes. And I think belief system is probably just the best use because like, there are myths within mythologies and belief systems. Uh, but like, let's just go with belief systems. Cause you can say Christianity's belief systems, myths and mythologies. Yeah. And there's different worldviews and, and whatnot. Uh, we were just saying that there's different. What's up? 
Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I really do struggle with this, like this like representation in the media of archaeology. And then I have to defend myself to everyone. My parents mm-hmm. would be like, did you hear about this new thing over here? And I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Let's, let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's bring it back. What's can we, the, the context is something that like, is the, it's the nuanced stuff that we always really miss is that context, what they're talking about and what, the history of it and whatnot is. And that's what the cool, one of the coolest things about being an archeologist I've learned is that you learn about the history of what we, how we've learned about things. Mm-hmm. And you can really understand the past more if you understand how we created it or how we analyzed it and how we got to this point. Um, that was a weird sound that came out of me. I was trying to, I had a thought, but then you had a really good thought. And then I was like, man, that thought's really good. What did you say? And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> welcome to the inner working of David's brain. Yeah, so like I could. This is the point at which I would normally be like, I would just refer to the script and then ask a question that's already been asked. <laughs> Do you mind repeating what you just said for me? It's like, for example, we learn about, or I did, learned about the Clovis Mafia, allegedly, allegedly, waste management, allegedly, allegedly. How and how Clovis and pre-Clovis sites. There is a history to them and how the scientific community treated different sites and different people. So if you understand that, you kind of understand the pre-Clovis and Clovis debate now because you understand that there's personalities. There's like a there's been people who have been fighting for one side specifically and blah, 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 blah. But if you if you know the history of people, archaeologists studying stuff to get to a point, you really understand the archaeology of an area. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if that that didn't that didn't no light bulb didn't didn't trigger anything. No, like it's it's a good statement that I like honestly can't follow up without changing to a different statement. No, okay, I was just I was yeah. trying to. Tr- no, it's it's interesting. Like it, same thing with like Saruti. So I mean, like if you understand that Steve Holland's been been trying to do mama stuff and yeah papers forever forever then you understand Saruti and then you're like okay that that kind of makes sense that Mm -hmm. puts it into that context or if you if you uh if you understand Todd's work you know he doesn't like pre-clovis and he'll make mathematical models to say that pre-clovis doesn't exist yes or if you look at Bob's work he's like pre-clovis doesn't exist because yeah and like then when you read a paper from them of course they're not going to mention pre-clovis you know so yeah, or right. if you if you like, why does no one accept Monteverde? Well, there's a history. Like Dillahaye was like laughed out of a lot of that stuff, and people were crapping on him. I mean, it's probably the same thing with like the ancient DNA for dogs. Like you have like strong personalities who fight each other. Oh yeah, and have been dominating one part or or yeah, have, like, shady actually shady stealing of research, which is something that. I hope one day we can talk about. <laughs> that's uh yeah, that's a, that's an issue or, you know, you know, not being put on papers or anything like that when you're talking about it all the time. Uh so there's like that and then also <laughs> let's see a, a point I wanted to make before too is like there there's 
COVID was a very good example of this. There is consistent science that is out there on, okay, washing your hands kills germs. Okay, hand sanitizer kills. We know that. That's the basis of things, right? And then you get someone saying, maybe put bleach in your lungs or UV light in your lungs. Then you get someone saying, use horse tranquilizer that, you know, that doesn't cure COVID. It just makes the symptoms worse or less or whatever. Like you shit all that stuff out. So people inflate that then with, oh, it cures COVID or people that believe that think it cures COVID or prevents COVID. And it gets, it just, it all gets like, like, you know, discombobulated in, in like the telephone line. But like to go back to what I'm saying, there are things we know, we know coronaviruses exist. We know hand sanitizer kills them on your hands. That's science that we know. And then with a lot of people here in the pandemic, it's like scientists are idiots. They don't know anything because, oh my God, what do we have to do? We test things and then we find out different things and then new information comes and we're like, okay, we were wrong about that. Let's continue. So that happens a lot within archaeology too. And I'm sure in zoology and I'm sure, I'm sure in astronomy, because you see so many headlines are like asteroid coming to earth, like all that kind of stuff. How <laughs> it's coming for us, brother. It's coming right forward. <laughs> How much of that is like in the same camp that we are, that is just the media says this, but astronomers are like, oh my God. So there's a, there's a, a consensus of things that we can all agree upon. Let's say like the hand sanitizer of paleolithic archaeology is stone tools we know they had stone tools and we know they use them very well and humans have been using composite tools for almost a hundred thousand two hundred thousand years why are not supposed to ingest them no you're not supposed to ingest composite (laughs) tools well i mean i guess wait hang on if we're getting into the the weeds of it tylenol if it's in a capsule with the little extended release powders in it that is a composite tool and you ingest it Ooh. Technically, the capsule is a tool, and the bi- antibiotic is or the and the pain reliever is a tool. Uh, cheese, I guess, is considered a tool. Depends on what, what you're doing with the cheese. Is, but is that is that because you eat it with sadness? No, I guess it like you, with it. you can use tool to bait mice. Use cheese to bait mice. Oh, cool. okay. Yeah, I mean, it, we're getting in the weeds, but anyway, when someone says like, and you have to defend yourself to your friends or to your family, and my dad sent me a TikTok yesterday about some. Gobekli techie thing they found and then the next thing was like and the sphinx did you know the sphinx is probably 10,000 years old with water erosion blah, blah blah and like my dad was like any merit to this and I was like well the sphinx thing goes on like everyone talks about that I personally think it was Anubis first before it was a, a, a cat face because it's it's if you look at the head versus the body it is weird something fell off and they recarved it just you know hit undo but is it 10,000 years old with water erosion no that's a whole other podcast topic but the first video that was in that tiktok video my dad sent was just somebody taking like videos of like a pillar that had sand that it was just saying this is a 12,000 year old civilization that everything we know about prehistory is wrong and like you can just say anything you can literally say put bleach in your lungs for, but by taking a picture of a pillar and saying that archaeologists are idiots and like that's that's the issue to me and like you have to kind of base it like we know so much stuff about prehistory like we know like a general gist of what went on on this earth yeah because there's only so far down you can dig <laughs> like it, and it all is pretty consistent right so like randomly I, i'm gonna keep bringing it back to clovis we can talk about genetics or any other papers too but like there's a consensus, and when something comes out of that consensus, that's like let's say 98% of the iceberg, and like the tip top of the iceberg is like the weird few pre-Clovis sites. It's important to be scrutinous of them because, like, yes, the iceberg does stick out of the water and it exists, but like, 
that's not the best metaphor because I can't think about what the end of that would be. But I guess I'm saying both of it exists. But like, you need to be scrutinous of the the top one because it's not the whole thing. It's it's statistics, right? It's you're looking at like outliers on either end of your bell curve, right? So there are outliers in the world, Ooh, yeah, and there yeah. are like there are things that are going to be different. They're you know beyond the normal range of variation, and that's okay. That's okay to happen because humans are weird and we do weird shit and we sometimes just go off and do whatever, but we have to acknowledge those as either anomalies or like really far outside of the normal range of variation. Yeah. 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 I think that's like, right. Like I I guess pre-Clovis being the tip of the iceberg, the rest of the massive iceberg isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting being friends with you and talking with you about this stuff because the only way to really like combat this or to stop disinformation is to do it on the platforms like TikTok, like Instagram, because that's that's how people consume their information these days. I mean, maybe podcasts. I don't think anyone listens to this one, so but whatever. But that's the easy, quick way for people to get information. So it's it's crazy for me to think about and being friends with you, watching you distill all information down into those little bits. Also disproving what people are thinking or like what is wrong, but also informing them at the same time. So like you, Zeke Darwin, who's the the oh, Isaac. science Isaac, yeah, who's the other well, the cat lady who almost got eaten oh, by Lindsay. a Yeah, Lindsay. Lindsay Nicole, like all those people, it is it's it's fascinating to me to watch you guys do it. Like how how do you do that? How do you like distill information down into something like that? Isaac does really well because he gets people commenting about evolution's wrong, wrong, Jesus is the way, and he he indulges that and will comment and respond. That drives up his engagement really well. He also makes wonderful videos. Lindsay does like quick little things. And she also gets comments like that. And like she was saying, she gets some controversial ones as well. And that drives it up. Mine, I sometimes get some controversial ones. But like today, I condensed, I had Notori artwork, which is like usually my best posts. And I did a little 60 second reel, which is the amount of time you're supposed to do. And I talked about the earliest dogs and like Neolithic dog breeders. It has 2000 views. So to answer your question, I don't know because I'm really pissed at Instagram right now because like none of the mammoth videos have done well, like actual science videos haven't done well at all. And it's really bumming me out because now mm. what do I do? Do I just need to make clickbaity shit? That's, that's, I don't that, know. And that's the landscape that we live in. That's the media landscape is the, or you either bash people or you clickbait or, but if you try to like tell a good story or tell about good archeology span or science, you're like, eh, yeah, that or somebody's like reporting my account because that happens too. Like it'll just knock you down so you don't send stupid shit up over the internet. But I don't know. Maybe it's just like the time of the like people are going back to school. It's getting slow. I don't know. But to answer your question, to condense it all down, it took me like an hour to make that real because I had to make sure what I was saying was right. And like you've seen me do it in person. Like I do it like five or six times, usually all in one take. And I'll take the one that's like not the funniest, but also not the most serious. And I'll like find one in the middle that like works. And then like, that's like my style. And then I'll post it. Sometimes it gets 2 million views. Sometimes it gets four. And like recently it's been getting 2000 on average. Whereas my usual is like a hundred to 200,000. 
And this is like, you have like, what, 40,000 followers at this point? or uh, Let's just say 50,000 on Instagram and 150 on TikTok. That's wild. 50, yeah. Well, Lindsay's got like 2.3 mil. Her uh, her series about the his, history of life was fascinating. She nailed that. Another thing she does well, she does. She she really nails it. Is her videos are like just like Donnie's are consistent. You know it's her because she has look her head's on an angle and she's like what's up when she's like talking. <laughs> she wears the beanie. It's consistent. Donnie's got all the furs in the background. Mine are all over the place. I don't want to do consistent because my life isn't consistent. But maybe I need to do that to get more more views. I don't know, but. The point is, Ren- like, if I'm not having fun with it, I, there's no point in doing it. So, yeah, random mm-hmm. random thing. Did you see Donnie's latest TikTok where he made like a arrow mock waddle? No, it's it is fascinating. So yeah, he just has like an arrow, and then he takes little bits of flakes and then puts them on either side of it. Oh, like oh, like a like an Inuit one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aztecs use those too. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, I thought I you meant know. like a mock waddle with arrowheads sticking out of it. That would we're, also be really, very really cool. Planes, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, Polynesians use like bats like that too, but with shark teeth sticking out of them and shells and stuff. When you don't have metal, you find some ways to kill people. Or and when you have like don't have a lot of material, you you find ways to use the material that that is left over. Yeah, very true. When I was uh, I hung out with I don't know if we talked about this. I hung out with Donnie a couple of days ago. Went down to his place and. Uh, the Denver area is what I'm supposed to say. And uh, saw his house like, and he's, it's just like an archaeologist house, dude. There's like lithics everywhere. Ones that he's made, one that like people have given him. And like, he has the big, like he's got furs everywhere and arrows that he's made. And then he has the stories in stone poster. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one with all the the points and eccentrics and whatnot. And he told me all he has to do this year is finish his book. Like he's being paid to do that. So he just kind of chills all day and flint naps and makes his videos. And he was like, what I really want to finish this year is to nap the entire story and stone poster to the flake scars, like to it, like to the size and like, just make the actual. And I was like, damn dude. And he showed me some that he made and I was like, whoa, (laughs) like, like, yeah, that it's like those big like crescent ones. Like in the top corner, don't they have like the big yeah. crescent ones with like there the haft? Like, There's two versions of the poster, but yeah. That's nuts. I really want to buy that. I need that poster. Me too. It's If you don't know what we're talking about, it's called Segments of the Story in Stone, I think. It is the best from Story in Stone. And it's a big, like almost black and white looking poster, but it's all blue instead of black. So blue and white. Was cool, the, yeah. The words I should have used. <laughs> I should have get. Um, I should get that tattooed on my back. All of it. All of it. That'd be metal, dude. Or it'd be lithic. All right, uh, we'll oh. be right back, and then <laughs> totally lithic, dude. All right, see you later. Welcome back to episode one twenty four of the Light Ruins Podcast. David's mumbling in the background like a blithering idiot. It was in this moment when all hope had faded that Isildur, son of the king, took up his father's sword. And the enemies of the free peoples of Middle Earth was defeated. The ring passed to Isildur. All right. Uh, Sauron was defeated. You want to continue? No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> so I, on the same sort of topic, I was thinking <laughs> as... Concentrate <laughs> <laughs> of the fire! <laughs> on the same sort of topic. So if you are a professor... Or if you're a teacher, or if you're 
a person who does archaeology and you have to teach other people about it. How do you deal with controversies like this in the classroom, in the field setting? Like if you, so if an ah. undergrad came up to you when you were at LaPrelle as part of the field school and was like, you know, I heard this, uh, this thing about this Sarudi Mastodon site, you know, it's pretty cool that like Homo erectus was like popping into the U S and, uh, smashing up mammoths. Like, how do you, how do you teach that in that moment? I have a real life example with Kennewick man, I guess, but that's a little different. No, that's um, good. Whatever, whatever. I, I was talking is. about Kennewick man and Nagpra giving a presentation for the previous uh, program I worked for. And I had mentioned like the whole thing with him being like, he had Caucasoid features is what they, they listed or Caucasian features. I remember the word they used. And a guy in like the, like the audit or the lab asked me like in the middle of the presentation, like, does that mean he, I can't remember exactly what he asked, but like, I was like, I think in, obviously in the lecture, I said, that doesn't mean he was white or Caucasian. It just meant he had those features. And the guy was like, well, doesn't that mean he's like from east of the Caucasus mountains? And I was like, I mean, North America is technically east of the Caucasus mountains. Yes. But like, I don't know. I'll get back to you. And like, I kind of just like, cause I think it was just, they said that he had Caucasoid features. It was like what, what it was. But anyway, in that moment, I didn't have an answer. I didn't want to like stop the lecture to think about it or look it up. I was just like, I will get back to you. And like after class or after the lecture, like I sat down and I was like, so what was your question? And then we went over it. That's how I've always done it. And I had an anatomy teacher in high school who if you asked him like somebody was like what's a pancreas and he was like you know what i think i know what it does that was an example but it was something something pretty specific and he was like i don't know the answer but i will get back to you with it and i always thought that was like a good thing to do because some people will just give you an answer and like make it up on the fly um, yeah or combat you um so you take like a moment back to to process your thoughts and and then tell that yeah and especially with like a question like that, like a pre Clovis or like a genetics one or like, you know, some human evolution one where someone asks that to the whole class, especially if you're teaching a lecture hall, like it would be awkward to make it into a whole like open forum discussion while you still have to go over the lesson plan or like the lecture. So like, I think it's just best to be like, I mean, in the moment, it's like, let's talk after class, but then because people don't like confrontation and then the confrontation would start with the person asking the question. And that's on them. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I guess were you asking the public in general? What they well, think? I was just thinking, so like as part of your syllabus, your outline, would you teach pre-Clovis versus Clovis sites? Would you have that information presented to them in a way that's like, hey, this is the information. This is, this is the site. This is the things they say happened. This is the criticism. I feel like you have to like, or if I was teaching, I would try to build it in so you you at least give give a platform for discussion about those things. But I also would uh, I could also under, under see taking the tact of like not teaching it because it's not accepted science and that's what they're here for. They're like a one hundred level course and they expect you to just teach you what the facts are, you know. So like it's I feel like it's both ways. You could either be like completely ignore these like outlying science like outlier stuff, or you could use it as a teachable moment and be like, this is what people are saying. This is the context. This is the criticisms, et cetera. I think it would be a very difficult like decision to make. Yeah. I think you're out of the money. 
the closest thing I've done, I guess, to that is like I did a post on horses and I said that like, you know, horses went extinct in the Pleistocene here or at the Holocene transition. And then they weren't brought back until the Spanish reintroduced them on accident. Well, I mean, I guess they brought the horses on purpose, but. Yeah. How'd this, how'd this horse get on here? It's like a rat just was on the ship. <laughs> it's Bill. Uh, it's Bill the <laughs> Pony. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what the fuck are you doing on here? A Navi. <laughs> the, knows we have a horse on the ship for, for the non, the non Espanol Blantes. Uh, so the, what I said was like horses went extinct, yada, yada. And then I posted in a comment, edit. There is, however, research of Native American oral traditions that does state that horses existed prior or after the Pleistocene up until today. And I said, however, there is not enough data for me to say this is true or not or something like that. And I, I said that was the case, but I said my opinion at the end of it. But I also said there's just no data. to There's no physical evidence to prove it at this current moment. I think that's what I said. Yeah, it exists, but there's no physical evidence to, to prove otherwise. So what I did was, you know, add the indigenous um, belief system or the indigenous, you know, research to it. Do I agree with that? I don't necessarily know because I, I, I haven't talked with the people she studied in that, in that, in that study or her book that she's writing uh, or their book. However, I don't see any physical evidence for it. So therefore like I'm going to have the right to my opinion. Uh, but the post wasn't about that. The post was about something else. And I got someone that messaged me and said, like, you know, like writing that only gives more credence to it. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, I still need to write it because it's a counter argument to it. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, like, I could just leave it out. But then I'm also being a colonist by not adding in the indigenous part, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's this weird rope you got to walk. Yeah. And if if you... You, you know those comments you'll get on that thing will be like, where's the counter argument? What's so, what about Paulette Steves? What about blah, 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 blah. So it's like, but I think right. as, a, as a good scientist, you present the information on, on both sides and, and, and do the best you can. It's like, it's, it's the nuance of it. And I think the tact of like presenting both sides is good, but I also, there's also like a combative nature to it. It's like, you want to, like, you want to give both sides, but you also want to, be sure that people understand what is accepted and what is not, you know? So yes, it, it's hard. No, it's just, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's walking the t- the fine line of like, do you get, do you, do you, do you even let people know about what's his face? Triangle guy. The what's, what's triangle guy. The, uh, I can't even think of his name. That's how dumb I think he is. Graham Hancock. Small cock. Graham Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, do you, do you, do you put that into the world? Like, I I feel like I'm less privy. I'm less likely to put that in because it's not. Oh, yeah, it's solid example with that, with that right there. I sent it to the group chat. We have a group chat called the Settlers of Saruti. This one, David FFS, which means for fuck's sake, because I never remember which, which group text it is. That's with Dr. Toon and Dr. Miller and Dr. Gover and Connor and I, the plebes. And it was, it was a scientific American paper that was talking about the existence or the possible theoretical existence of a pre homo sapiens civilization that existed on earth that was reptilian or something. 
And I was like, this is the Scientific American. And the headline, of course, said scientists are researching if or something to that extent, a pre-human industrial civilization existed on Earth. And like scientists believe or whatever it said was like, I don't. And I'm a scientist. I'm a registered scientist. Yeah, I don't believe that. And it like, <laughs> it just it's, it's infuriating. Yeah. And that's like some grand even, shit. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a published scientific journal that people can cite. Someone could cite that and say, according to this, I think it's a it's, it's a magazine. Oh, Scientific America. Oh, okay, maybe it's not a full publication, news, but what a publication. But, yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, like. <sighs> Yeah, it's 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 bullshit, dude. It's it, I could just I just picture like a like a cyberpunk like civilization in like America with like their like like flippy back hair and like their their metal Weird. metal boots. That's what I think of when they say pre pre or uh, what, yeah yeah. It's like an industrial complex. They're just like ugh. yeah I. Uh, on that one, and I read the the comments. There was a lot of geologists in there, and people saying like, "Yeah, that's just not like." They also said, "There's only so much Earth you can dig through, and like so much boring has happened on the planet. So much drilling for everything. You would see a Jetson's car or two that said like, <laughs> Lizard Jesus died for our sins' on the back of it, <laughs> if that existed. And there's just none of it. At like, so did it just all disintegrate? I don't know. And like." Amy, what is her name? Atwater. Is that is that Marianne's Revenge? Yeah, yeah. I, I, for some reason, Atwater is the Frank Reynolds shell company on Sunny. I was like, is that it? Um, <laughs> uh, the she also said, like, I don't even think we were discussing it. She had just suggested that the Anthropocene. She doesn't buy it. We're still in the um, Holocene because the Anthropocene would suggest that humans have left a geologic signature on the Earth. I'm not a geologist. I can't really weigh in on that, but I personally believe we probably have in many ways. Like you'd see some kind of staining at least from us being here. And if not like big boreholes into the earth and stuff. But uh, again, I'm not a geologist. Uh, However, so maybe there was something here a long time ago that is now disintegrated or they built all their stuff out of like shell and shark tooth huts. Um, But like (laughs) some big shark, there's no, uh, no evidence for it. So to say, so like, therefore, we have a consensus that says, okay, humans are the first anthropoid intelligent to our degree of intelligence. How do we define intelligence in a PC way? Dude, I'm not walking on eggshells. Humans is the goat. (laughs) We're good. Like, intelligence is intelligence, all right? And that's the name of this podcast. Humans are the goat. Yeah. I'm not the lizard goat. Not the reptilian goat, just the goat. David, what does what does anthropology mean to you? Anthropology is kind of it's a philosophy to me. Like you, like anthropologists fundamentally see the world differently from other people. I think a lot of people like don't go out into the the world or like you know I just went to Safeway today and like look at everything in terms of like ecological numbers and like these grapes came from friggin' Africa and like things like that. And like have a small panic attack when you pick up Nutella. Cause you're like, none of this came from this continent. Um, <laughs> and like stuff like that. Like it, it just fundamentally changes the way you view the world. And it is like seeing humans to me as like zoological beings more so than like something different is like 
awesome to me, but also like freaks me out sometimes too. Cause like, I don't know, you see a dude at a bar, like talking to a girl, you're like, okay, well this is primate behavior. And then like, you're looking out and I'm like, I see a steel structure that is the safe way. And I'm like, cool. It's got bricks on the outside. It has a frame. Okay. We used to do that in the frigging jungle. Uh, with wood frames and like lashings and stuff, but doing the same thing. We all need shelter. And like all that goes on in my head, like while I'm pushing the cart and I'm like having a small issue every day. But yeah, yes, like, what, like, what did I, what did I come here for? <laughs> exactly. And as Bob said too, and which I'll probably tell my kids this if I ever shoot one of those out, but like it is far much better of a life to me to be curious about your Somali neighbors down the block than to be hostile to them. Like, why do you wear that on your head? Why is your food this way? Like, why is your language that way? You know, rather than just be like, get them out of here. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a way to like view life. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would say like in the same sort of vein, it makes me, it has made me a lot more tolerant of people's behavior and understanding people's behavior in the context of the larger world that we live in, traditions, etc. Like it really is, it gives me a lot of patience with yeah. people. Like, cause I, cause I understand your lizard brain right now is like pushing you full anxiety through this moment. Like you're not in control of it. I get that. It's because our ancestors in the past, when something bad happened to them, they had to be anxious and on edge mm-hmm. to protect themselves. Yeah. And I think it just, yeah, I am very much more curious in other people's belief systems things like that. And it makes you ask good questions. I think like, I think fundamentally we are good podcasters or mid-level podcasters because we ask questions because we want to know information and we understand people. I think that's good systems too. Right. Like we learned that in culture anthropology. Like I was just thinking at Safeway, there's no posted signs that say like, you have to push your cards this direction or like go in this way. Some places do, this place doesn't. So humans just kind of like figure it out. And like, if someone drops something, you're like, all right, I'll help them up. They're like, something like that. Or I don't know, like the, the tacit like culture go, and implicit culture is just interesting to me. Yeah. Like, well, we always go on the right-hand side of like the aisles, even though we like, it's not defined. Oh, like I right. feel, cause that's like a, it's like a traffic lane thing. Huh. And yeah, all the perishable foods are on the outside aisles. But like the junk food, like and like the carbs are on the inside of the aisles. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I think on that note, we are gonna end this lovely episode. This has been Life in Ruins podcast. I would not choose to live a life in ruins. David would not choose to live a life in ruins. Follow us on the social meds. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, go ahead and rate and review the podcast, please. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. And we are here for the last little bit. The last little joke segment. I wrote this one myself, so it is particularly groanful. So, you know, I really enjoy, like, helping out my friends. They always ask me, like, what they can charge me. I just say it's pro brono. I got one for you. Would you like some, uh, goat?
Or some matter, baby. What's the matter, baby? <laughs> and with that, we are out. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.